to Anime Savants, everyone. And uh, this week, I am... Wait, oh, I said Hoodle last week? Okay, you, you go first. Oh, my God. I'm okay. Hinata Haikyuu. I was, re- I was reading um, some of the later chapters this week. Oh, okay. You're Hinata. I'm Jesby. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, I- I'm just going to run through my new stuff. Uh, Dr. Stone is entering its final arc, which is great. Yep. Which means they're just going to keep on adapting that shit in the anime. So, like, perfect, beautiful. Robot Wars 30 dropped, like, more of another video. And they they talked about more of the things or more of the series that were going to be part of it. But the two main ones that are, like, directly in the middle are Gridman and the guy or the... What is that? The suit from Gun X Sword? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're like the centerpieces of oh, the promotional cool. art. So I'm, that, I'm curious how they choose which series to focus on. Yeah, because they definitely interweave like all of the stories together. Ooh. So uh, I'm interested to see what Gridman's thing. And then they have like the Code Geass people like off to the side here. Um, so uh, I would <laughs> say this is more like older things. I'm seeing more mobile suits in the promotional like the main image i'm seeing more older series than i am like most recent stuff but mm. also there are tons of series that i've never watched mecha wise so it's not surprising like what get a robo armageddon and never seen it like okay. really um no i have like i i i know of like mazinger like get a robo um uh, um might gain and all this stuff like that. I know. Oh, all you don't of really that. watch the the like the big the the giant robot side. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But yeah, that's all for that one. Anana Mizuki is singing the second opening for Shaman King. So fucking awesome. Uh, I haven't watched a lick of that. I haven't watched a lick of it. So I think the first I watched the first few episodes just to see what the pacing was going to be, and it's it's not exactly a remake for the sake of being a remake. Like they did add some. Some of the scenes that are like in the very beginning of the manga, when Whoa, um, Yo is getting okay. is is the whole thing around Yo's birth and um, what happened there. I'm not gonna give it away for anyone who hasn't read it. Uh, and uh, and a few scenes here and there. The only thing that I felt was a little lacking of all things was the soundtrack. But you know, I also know that Shaman King gets a lot better once they get past. Um, is it Ren? Um, the whole stuff yeah. like Ren and his family, like because mm-hmm. it just opens up after that. So, uh, and also like my maybe favorite... they're saving the budget because Nana Mizuki means money. Yeah. So, yeah. but look, but it looks good. It looks clean. So, oh, that's good. Um, apparently there's a live action Saint Seiya coming. Keep it. Don't want it. <sighs> Why do Fucking people love Saint Seiya so much? I I um suffered through Saint Seiya Omega's first season. Like literally suffered. I'm. I don't know what that has to say for the other seasons, but I just know that I don't want a live action. Is it I the just, Pretty Boys? Is that what it is? I guess so. I think it's maybe like you know the transformation sequence and you know okay. some stuff like that. But there really aren't that many good Sakuga scenes in it in the first place. So I'm just like, uh, okay. It never appealed to me aesthetically, so that's why I was always kind the. Of- well, Umakoshi was the primary like art like style person for oh, Saint Seiya Omega, at least uh-huh. the first season. So that's why I love that shit because I was just all over his shit at the time. But 
this, it was just so hard. Like they didn't really give us anything worthwhile until the final episodes. And then they like pulled shit out the ass where like these niggas who should have never beaten these gold. Okay, never mind. Um, uh, there's a lot of uh, shit going down about this cowboy bebop adaptation. Yeah. Holy shit, man! Uh, they released. It's not even they released. They have like giving us. So apparently, it's expanding. Yeah. Upon the original anime's canon, and a lot I, of people are like, "Oh, well, you know, he died at the end, and blah blah." blah. And I'm like, "Okay, well, but that's not know. what that necessarily means. That's the thing, exactly." But then it also said that it's not following the storyline exactly. So I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm still gonna watch it regardless. So right. we'll, we'll see. I'm still open to it." Um, the 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 men, the, I, y'all are sick. The incels are really sick. Y'all are literally like in the comments, or I say y'all, but they are in the comments still complaining about this woman's outfit. Like it just. But that's gonna be that's just gonna be a thing for a certain set of people. It's interesting. You know what's oh funny? Oh my god! The funniest part about it is that I always wonder when this kind of issue pops up, and it's not just with live action. It's like let's say there's some other I don't know, like uh, a sequel to a popular thing or. There's going, you know, a, a spinoff or OVA, whatever it is. And it's like the overprotectiveness of aspects of character that have very little to do with why those characters are popular in the first place. Like, I, I wouldn't mind or I wouldn't be as bothered if like some inconsequential fan service series got this kind of treatment. And then people looked at the characters and they were like, well, you know, what was the hook of the show? It was that X or Y or Z person was 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 cartoon sexy and they're not getting that and that's important to who that character is in cowboy bebop like Faye's outfit was just her outfit if that yes. if you think the reason why she it was wasn't a important was, in any way yeah she wasn't iconic because her boobs were falling out in every scene because if anything that was mostly played for comedy it wasn't uh like i, I don't know what you expect like you like get some like porn actress who has like the dimensions of that woman in real life and then tell her to prance around brawless for however many minutes she's on. Like it's just, that, that wouldn't even be something they would watch. They would, if that actually happened, they would pan. They would write the, it off. Yeah. They'd pan the whole show and be like, Oh, it's just useless pandering and they can't act. And it'd be a bunch of bullshit. So I don't, the reason I don't take that seriously is just because those people wouldn't even live by their own interests as stated. True. True. Um, I'm also seeing that Japanese fans are making fun of the opening sequence that got released, which mm-hmm. I uh, I don't enjoy it. Still going to watch the show. But, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't hit the same way as the original. But apparently they changed the English text to Japanese text. Mm. That's like going on in the background. And Japanese fans are like, it's cringe. And then some people said it's like the comments scrolling on the screen like Nico Nico. And I was like, oh, damn. I was like, wow. So, yeah, it's I see some people talking about it, saying, you know, oh, if we're critical of this, it's similar to the talk with like, you know, Cannon Busters and Yasuke. Like, oh, if we're critical of this, we're never going to get anything like it again. It's like, no, that's not true, because we got this in the first place. And the Death Note was absolute ass. So, right. But it's also going to do it. It's also missing the reasons why some of those other series don't work. And it's like, you know, it's easy to write something off as being bad. But the question is, why is it bad? 
what is the thing that really is failing about this this uh production that make it not work versus the things that it was trying to do and either pulling off or not pulling off. Like you can always say, for example, you look at something and say, oh, the budget is low, right? And so something might look better if there was more money behind it, right? But at the same time, if they get enough right about the feel, Mm -hmm. capturing that feeling, then even things that don't particularly like look great, divorced from context can actually work very, very well. I mean, I think about a lot of um, Grindhouse film, which are, they are deliberately made cheap in a lot of ways. And it's the, it is the cheapness and the roughness and the, I don't even want to call them mistakes because sometimes it's just a deliberate, mis- it's like, you know, it's done deliberately. But like, um, I remember, you know, like watching um, Black Dynamite, that movie, way back yeah. in the day, Michael Jai White. And if you like black exploitation movies, obviously there's a lot in it for you. But let's imagine that, and I know this for a fact, a lot of people who watched that movie didn't have a frame of reference for a lot of the things that they were either parodying or paying homage to in that space. So there would be scenes, for example, where there's a continuity error. A guy walking into a into a room from one direction would come from another, the wrong direction when the camera switched, which is purposeful. Or there's scenes where there is... Um, a boom mic in shot and folks called that out like it was a mistake like man this movie is trash they couldn't even like get this thing or that thing out of the shot or i see all these these problems and errors and i'm sure there are such things in there but like if stylistically it's fitting with a a motif then that's not a mistake that's that is either uh either execute on that or they don't i watched the opening for cowboy bebop there were some elements to it that I thought didn't quite work, but I liked the direction that they were going and the little bits from the show that was actually included as part of the intro made me feel like this was more of an art project than people are giving it credit for and that they are doing things that are interesting that work for live action rather than just trying to do shot-for-shot remakes of an anime, which are in my opinion impossible and how you get a lot of the bullshit cringy garbage that a lot of these adaptations turn out to be so i'm not offended yet by anything that i've seen from the show and as far as the people who are overreacting to like outfits or you know a five seconds of of a clip that they don't like or they see a scene that they remember from the anime and want it to somehow be different I think those people, they don't even understand the critique that they're trying to make. Because if they did, they would know that they'd need more than just the evidence that they're working with to say what they're trying to say. So I'm cool with it. I'm just cool with it. Yeah. For now. I mean, it could still suck. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. Yeah, you're you're right. There's just not enough of it out there to make, like, a solid, like, judgment yeah. Or like to come up with a, like a, a verdict that's worthwhile right now, and yeah, it could still be good. And just like you know, these are just like you know some of the parts that didn't get as much love as the pr- production as a whole. But we gonna see, y'all. It's just sometimes I just feel like some people just want to be mad, just 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 want to be mad. But yeah, is that it? Oh, that's all I have for news then. Yeah, like the this is the this is like the the dead week or two between us and the next season so i don't really have a lot there were a couple of um just you know announcements that that tickled me 
And the main one is actually uh, a Gretzko season four, which for oh. for personal reasons, I'm excited because it's something I can watch with my wife who really enjoys it. And mm. uh, and it's, a, it's also a very easy watch since they're all like 15 minute episodes and they've gotten pretty ambitious with some of the topics that they have covered as part of the show. Um, yeah, so I think it's cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. There are some um, Netflix and what they call like Netflix original anime um, st- updates, just like when things are releasing, not that important. I don't know if you... Is The Witcher, that the short movie, is that out? I don't... Which one? I know they... The anime one. Like... Is I that, think it released already, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, so I haven't watched that one yet, but I've I read a couple of reviews. So I didn't know if it if it was live or they just gotten seen a review copy. I'm actually excited yeah. for that as well. So that's something I'm probably going to watch today. I'm planning on checking that out, but I want to check out Star Wars Visions because I'm hearing a lot of good shit about it. I mean, there's a lot of studios with good names behind it. I'm I'm pot committed to like everything Star Wars, but when I see something like Visions. I get excited because it's going to be cool, but then I get dejected because there's a reason why these things are kind of the one-off art projects that never really trickle Pan back out into, into anything. Well, they don't trickle back into anything that is part of like the regular canon of Star Wars as far as like the and I say canon, not story canon, but like product canon, right? So if, uh. I, if a studio does a really good job with a concept here, I'm not going to see any of these things revisited either by the studio or by anybody in charge at Lucas slash Disney. So in some sense, why do I care? Not, I'm not completely out on it, but it's just like, you know, why, why get your hopes up? Why get my hopes up? It's like reading the books. Like I'm a big, I was a big like extended universe reader and all I ever wanted was for them to just go in the movies with like the best written stuff that they had and that never worked out. And so it made me feel demoralized as to why I'm putting all of this energy, time and money into loving a thing that's never going to love me back. So, (laughs) so, so that's kind of how I feel about everything that they do these days. But I, from what I've seen, they are, most of them are pretty cool. And I think that if you're into the intersection of, uh, American science fiction and anime. This is a a good, nice hour and a half worth of content that you can enjoy. But I that's kind of so. all. It is. I'm not it's sure content. how long it is. Well, I mean, I yeah. think there's six. Uh, there's six episodes, and they're anywhere from ten to fifteen minutes each, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that's all I got. Okay, so what should we cover first this week? So. We um had a, a slight error in that we forgot last week to cover episode twelve of um Standing on a Million Standing on a Million Lives. And so thir- episode thirteen also released this week. So I think it's a good idea we just cover them together as a block and wrap up um this season. So in episode twelve, uh we got the um continuation of basically what happened to Iris. Um, where Glenn confronts Jesby at the end, saying that she guessed that she was the one who put the wireworm on the on the little girl, and yeah. that she is the dragon priest or whatever they whatever they call that dragon um, bishop. Yeah. Dragon bishop. So they left that on a cliffhanger. Then the the rest of the team had kind of fanned out to go take care of the meteorite that was identified by um, 
Man, I'm forgetting everyone's name. That the I hero, don't even know who the yeah, hero who came back who's working too. for the sorceress. The old man. Yeah, the old man from the last arc. Um, all grown up, and they get out there. They have some fights with monsters. They realize that New Eden is actually a city that's sitting underneath the um plateau, uh, east of where they were at. So it was actually like a lost city. And we find out, uh, the continuation of that in episode 13 is that we find out that it may be related to the ancient civilization that has been hinted at since season one, um, where to, where all these sort of like um, underground ruins and everything else where they come from. So that was a nice little callback. Uh, so that happened. And then, of course, um, that all leads up to the final confrontation. And I think a good place to, to end the series, which is the battle against jesby as the, the dragon bishop and all that entailed so that that so loosely that was the continued plot between episode 12 and 13 um i don't know what were your feelings about those two episodes together i mean i enjoyed them it it, it basically proved that you were right <laughs> about jesby <laughs> i did i didn't trust that whole from you were one. so fucking dead on and once i joined the train i was like okay yeah no nah, it's starting to make sense and now i'm just like damn james caught that shit from the jump like yeah. god damn and then we get the reveal of like how she did everything how she manipulated everyone and it all makes sense that's yep. what i like about this show so fucking much is that when they break shit down it's like yeah because remember when they did that shit they were doing this and remember when they went and did this shit they were doing this. It was just that, you know, we didn't make it seem extremely suspicious in the moment. We were yeah. just like, could that be suspicious? Maybe, but we ain't gonna let your ass know. So, yeah, love that. I absolutely kind of really enjoyed, no, not absolutely. I loved how Tatsuya beat her. I laughed. I thought, I thought that was actually so fucking good and especially because the in the opening for the second season it shows him like taking the shovel to that plant and so yes. i'm like oh my god like even that has meaning like yes. are you serious i truly 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 laughed when <laughs> he stuck that seed in her open wound i'm like well this is gonna be horrible <laughs> i i thought that her body was gonna like burst open or yeah. some shit. But I also think that like they showed half her body in like the the shade because that part was probably like gore, like pure gore from the plant literally growing through her fucking body. Yeah, I mean, they they, listen, they held off from going crazy. Yeah. What a shitty way to go out. Yes. Like god damn. What a shitty way. We got a little bit more expansion on like you know what exactly is going on with the dragon bishops, but they I'm and I'm glad they did that flashback. It still shows Tatsuya in the future summoning that dragon. Yeah. Well, so, we got a lot of like I, I appreciate that the way they ended season third or the episode thirteen is that they gave us a lot of um information to explain sort of what the direction of the series was going to be. You know, because mm -hmm. I did have some questions about that. Like we kind of knew there were ten um Ten trials or whatever else, and that we saw the the scene in the very beginning of the show with the dragon destroying the city, and they've come back to like uh, constantly asking the main cast, but in particular um, Yotia, uh, if his opinions about people, his culture, the city he lives in, if any of that had actually changed. And I was like, all right, it's great, but like, what is the actual end game here? And we got 
finally somebody like glenn with the hard save at the end like asking a real ass motherfucking question like yes <laughs> like that that was helpful in clarifying a whole lot and also telling us what the end game is because when she said like is there any way that like the will the dragons be able to come to our world or how how does has it happened and I'm like oh yeah there's just a there's just a gap there's a rift it's gonna open and a dragon's gonna come through. I'm like, okay, great. We now we kind of know what the direction is, and all the dragon bishop stuff really has. I think I in in the beginning of the season, I was like, how does this fit together? Now, exactly. I'm yeah. like, oh, they've been involved forever. So like in arc one, it was a dragon bishop in charge of that kingdom that made them all fucking racist Nazis, whatever they were. <laughs> then then in the second, um, the not not really the second mission because that was just like survival. Third mission. Um, no dragon bishop, but then we get to the island. All right, the island's main antagonist is a dragon bishop. We get a whole bunch of side scenes of them murdering them. By the way, that owl is a fucking savage. Like my god, yo, yeah. And then finally, this one where that was the lead, the the bat, main bad guy was a dragon bishop. So it's it holds together, especially because the final boss is a dragon. Fine, I don't I don't need nothing else. Fine, which I would like a little bit more. Um, explanation and you know maybe they'll go into it in the future but those people become dragon bishops so how are they becoming them that's a good yeah that's a very good point like that would be my next question in that because the the one that we got exposed to on the island he grew up on that island so the question is like when did he become it and then where's jesby from and how did she she's, become she could just from around the way she's she's that kind of that kind of with her being that young or maybe appearing to be that or young right, or like not. who yeah or not it's just like okay what's going on with this i just i really enjoyed the execution of it and it was just nice to go back or for them to do the flashbacks and i basically was just like i remember when she took homegirl to the side and i was like hold on a second now, wait a second why what you doing why are you doing that and she she was so preoccupied with like you know covering shit up that she ended up just like you know fucking her own self up in the end and also i wanted to know if they were gonna like reseal the the village Which from they the did outside not. and i think that 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 will play a role somewhere in the future i don't know yeah because they've been living peacefully Without contacting anyone else, so I'm just like, that's probably going to open that village up to a whole bunch of shit, mm-hmm. and yeah, you're right, it's it's definitely going to affect them in the future in some form or fashion. I mean, I'm sure they'll wind up revering the heroes who showed up, so that may, may be a benefit. I wish that they could spend a little bit more time with the sorcerers explaining just what those dragon bishops were. Yes. I, ironically- Well, it was interesting that they said that those those other dragons are like dormant. Yes, Exactly around the world so like there's the one in space uh, it looked like there was one in water and then yes. there was the one in the in the volcano yeah so they're they're giving the breadcrumbs for later i mean the, the interesting thing also i mean we, i don't know if we talked about this it may have been in episode 11 actually but when you the one time we get to see uh the sorceress out there murdering a dragon bishop when they killed the guy in the empire and she literally oh. just blows a hole in his body yeah and I was like, "What the?" F-? And he falls out the window, and the the and the owl kills the 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 wyvern that's coming to pick him up. Like, I'm like, "Yo, that's a brutal shit." Can we get some more of that? That, that, <laughs> that that's a brutality, well, right yeah, there. Well, yeah, because she 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 bored a hole through Homeboy when he was running away from the island. That's right. That's right. Anyway, so there's there's like cool things that are sprinkled in here and there. 
I think at the end of this, like the the quest itself was a little bit of a, I guess more straightforward than it seemed because at the end of the day it was about getting the last members of that town, which who turned out to now be all old men. So like, how does that even matter, <laughs> right? Because like yeah. everyone else, well, Iris I think it was more and... so an arc to highlight Glenn. Yeah, I agree. Like, I definitely think, or a mission to highlight Glenn because she is like a huge asset. Yeah. Like, Toxia is definitely not doing all the heavy lifting. And I'm tired of homegirl crying about him killing people. Like, girl, shut up. That part I didn't quite feel as strongly as they were trying to go with. It would have have felt way more uh, impactful and still frustrating if he had never killed anybody. Yeah. But, uh, number one, I don't think she even knows what he did and what he's kind of going through. Also, his logic made a lot more sense than hers. So in that scene, when he's like, you know, do I finish off this character or not? Um, he makes the argument that uh, s- people like Jesby are scum and they are damaging to society. And while it may take a toll for him to be the one to cast judgment on them, he's willing to do it because whatever his his personal reasons are, his self-righteousness, you know, his general... Because he talks about this in the beginning of the series about... How the city he lives in is just full of shitty people, and you know, kind of, yeah, yeah, he's got yeah, that edge lord yeah. kind of. I gotta clean them all out. But like in this case, this person is clearly a murderous psychopath and a criminal. So like, there's no, there's no um, moral defense of that punishment. Second, when when it's the the counter argument is if you keep killing people, it'll become normalized, and then you'll just use the last time you killed someone as an excuse to kill the next person but that assumes that there's some like uh moral outrage over the act in the first place which i don't yeah. think they've established in this series nor in this exact circumstance like jesby most likely is going to die is definitely guilty of everything that they or, you know would accuse her of including murdering a small child in a horrible way Leaving um, a mother to die under fucking rock. Right, and then the deaths of every single person in the village and God knows whatever else happened between She's done. now. So, and then on top of all of that, the villagers were just going to kill her anyway, and then she kills herself. So, like, what is exactly was the, the, the moral conundrum here? Like, Tachi just should have done it. And <laughs> also, she did all that crying, and I was like, but girl, like... She bitched because he killed the daddy, but that wasn't even her daddy. So it's just like, I, I don't, I just, I did not, it didn't appeal to my emotions like at all. And I also didn't really understand the ending when he, when he said the show's name, I was like, I was like, hi key. I don't understand anything that you just, I got it, but it would have made more sense if they had not done the angle at the end with, with uh, talking him out of killing Jesby because what he was alluding to was that in order to like keep a, a society or to be part of a society you you accept that all of your actions ultimately do affect many other people big and small and for people mm-hmm. like him and the rest of that team who are going over and having such a massive impact on the future and the immediate you know lives of people in that other world he sort of makes an analogy between what i'm doing in that other world and what i'm doing in the one that i'm in now and so his change of heart is that he now accepts the fact that this isn't a game that in order to be a member of society that 
you stand on the lives of all the people that you affect and all the people who came before you. So that was sort of like the I'm standing on a million lives kind of deal because a lot of, you know, the futures of all these people rely on him or rely on. Them okay, okay, that makes sense. I don't know if the translation was kind of funky. I mean, that's what that's definitely what I got out of that whole scene because they keep questioning or whatever that what is the name of that little girl? She calls herself I have like no white idea. Game master or the white girl. Yeah, I think it's she calls herself like white, but like she asked she's asked him repeatedly if he's changed his opinion that all the people in his, you know, city are trash. And he's been very reluctant to either answer, you know, straightforwardly after the the two missions ago. Cuz in the beginning he was like fuck all these people. I don't like anybody. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but now he's just uh more committed to being response feeling like he is responsible for things which tr- was troubling him on the island because he kind of that that was his that was his issue is like you know first meeting the child of um gray or whatever her name is like the, the yeah you know the under- home girl that was in love with him <clears throat> right and understanding what an impact he had on that person and their family and everything else and then going to the island and realizing he had to make some pretty shit choices to to air quotes win the game so anyway, I mean, I, I may be thinking far deeper into it than they intended, but it, that was what I got out of that last monologue, is that he's changed his opinions a little bit. Okay. Well, that's all I have on that. It was something. And we'll, we'll, we'll hit it back up again when we hit the, the wrap-up for this season as far as everything else. Um, yeah, that's cool. So I'm, I'm excited that it is continuing. I don't think that I don't think this story is out of juice yet. So I'm, I'm, you know, I, wanna, I hope I more comes, but also it doesn't seem to be getting good ratings on the, the sites, but that probably doesn't matter because it's selling something. Clearly. Right. And the light novel was, and still is very, very big. So, so yeah, hopefully more. Cause I want more from that. Okay. So then maybe you didn't wind up watching the last episode of realist hero. So I think I can, we can knock this out cause it wasn't much of an episode. Okay. Um, it was so in so as we sort of walk out of all of the the war making and combat this this whole episode was built around um Soma and Juna and uh whatever the little fox girl was going out and and having a play date essentially. Uh Are you serious? Yeah, so the opening of the so there's only two um the only two parts of this episode that were fundamentally really story driven were the first four minutes and like the last four minutes. So in the first four minutes we're introduced to the uh, Empress of the Chaos Empire, whatever it's called, and we find out that like, you know, she is an idealist, so she's kinda like his she's Soma's opposite. She believes in um equal representation and like civil rights and all this other stuff. Um but in order to get there has forced all the other countries to sign a kind of non-aggression treaty that is enforced by um the empire the empire who is providing all the security and then the way that all these countries buy out of it is just to send um a tribute or resources and then the empire kind of stops any one of them from fighting each other so that's that's what you learn in the beginning and then you meet her sister who is going to go negotiate with soma over the seizure of the country of amadonia after they won the war so that that's it. They they get that all out of the way in four minutes, and you just find out about the relationship between the two sisters, which is very pleasant 
So there's not there's no darkness yet on that side. It's just okay. people with a different point of view about stuff. Um, then the middle, like two thirds of the episode, was taken up with um, walking around various characters walking around the newly conquered Amadonia, and they and I can summarize like ten minutes of dialogue down into uh, Soma figured out how to keep everybody uh, under his control in that country by giving them back all of the things they were restricted from doing under the old um, king or the old oh, or whatever. Oh, okay. Because that guy had basically put everything, you know, he put all his points into military and uh, <laughs> if this was a video game and like nothing into culture. So like people were just restricted from expressing And they were miserable. And they were not happy. Um, yeah. And so the aftermath of Soma showing respect to their native culture, giving them tons of food and luxury goods, uh, and then opening them up so that they could go do things that are culturally important to them, like festivals and music and art and everything else, combined with his state propaganda that he's playing nonstop over this crystal network, has basically solidified his control over the country. And there are various characters who observe that um, it'll be very difficult for the old king's family who who escaped to take it over to again. take it back again because any because the people would feel like this is a reimposition of all the things that they hated. So we get like a little brief aside with the princess who's incognito wandering around and talking about that, but nothing happens. They don't meet anybody. There's no conflict. You just know that when they come back, she's going to be an antagonist, but probably like you know the kind of antagonist that joins the team, as you might guess. Um, oh, okay, okay. Then they spent a really long time with Soma and Juna and the little fox girl wandering around town on what is supposed to be a sightseeing thing, but it's really just a date. Um, they reiterate over and over again that the fox girl is like his his daughter by law and that Juna has been shadowing him with all these, um, which are essentially secret service, but they're m- marines who are blending into the crowd. Oh. And so she's and she's dressed up like a samurai a little bit and is enjoying the fact that she gets to go on a play date, uh, but while under the idea of guarding him. But it was cute. There was nothing like you know the the show has cringe, no cringe. There was no cringe, and the show always sort of like dips a little teeny bit into like harem romance stuff, but then immediately course corrects right out of it with the characters even observing that that's not what they're about. Um, so there's like, so they just spend a lot of time at the, at like this clothing shop and the guy in charge of the shop makes, uh, they have, Soma and he have an interesting little philosophical conversation about how you, um, the guy asked a question, which I thought was cool. Uh, if you were in charge of a war council and you, the first person to make a suggestion about the battle makes a good suggestion, would you just take that suggestion or would you wait to hear the rest and so my oh. answer is like well I, if the first one was good then i would definitely wait because there might be one that's even better and so then he turns it the guy at the shop turns it around and it's like well that's a good if you're dealing with women that's a good thing to think about is that don't just jump ahead with your first impulse just wait until there's a you know some kind of a stalemate as far as like decision making goes and then if you have a good idea offer it then which like low-key is just a nice way of saying like shut the fuck up when you know a woman has something to say (laughs) but (laughs) but but nonetheless it fit this scenario it also felt like it was talking about or hinting at future stuff i don't know if that 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 shop owner was going to be a character because he talked he sounded like he was a a strategist and that he mentioned like he had he had clientele prior to when soma invaded 
that was so like in maybe the it's one of those characters that like you know he might be he might because they probably didn't stop the search for like people who are the best of right and maybe they haven't offered it to amadonia oh not that's that is obvious that there's like a, a bunch of characters who are gonna join but he seemed like they had a it wasn't a throwaway conversation like they were talking about a variety of things and he started to give a little backstory so i'm like this this character is gonna be useful later um so anyway he buys gifts for all the girls you know the little fox girl squeeze out when he gives her some shoes after the after the fact and then she goes to sleep and uh that's when in the last back end of the episode we get the arrival of the empress's sister who is like a paladin her character design looks like a a heavily armored female warrior with like a, a little girl's face like paste it on top like the proportions are not quite right but um but you know then they have a nice little verbal sparring session where it seems like they're getting along but the the woman basically she's more of the pragmatist than her sister but she will fully defend her sister's point of view which made me kind of irritated that there was no time left in the episode because they even leave off their conversation saying about each other that this is going to be a formidable uh, negotiation because this woman is not a dummy like she understands his ideology but she also understands and fully backs up her alternate almost dia- diametrically opposed um, belief system to the point where in the beginning of the episode the the um, sister remarks to the empress that it even though you all have like similar temperament her and soma by rumor the, you all are going to get on like oil and water because at the end of the day, you don't believe in the same things. Idealism mm. versus rea- realism. And I wish that had been played up so much harder uh, across like the rest of the series. I mean, they did, but like this, uh, this is actually the clash that makes the show exciting to watch, even though there's not a lot of action. It's that's very philosophical. And I was like, y'all going to end this season on this, you motherfuckers. Uh, they probably uh, did that because they're like, oh, yeah, you about to get some good shit next season. I, I think so. <laughs> I'm to- I totally agree. So that was uh, that was how it ended. They they part ways and then the show the plays roll credits and that's it. Okay. I mean, well, that I mean, that, uh, I could do without the middle part, but you know that it sounds interesting enough to where I basically I was already going to tune in if they were going to get more anyways mm-hmm. so this is just good news yeah. okay excited now how did you feel about this week's Sukumichi episode 13 i believe oh man i loved that shit also got announced for a second season oh, of course Fuck yes god i loved that shit so much so i was literally like going into the episode and i was like he's gonna watch them i know he's gonna watch them but it's how he's gonna watch them and uh, this is where a lot of the budget went. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> because holy shit, um, it looked so good. And when he like the the beards and just the fact that there was there's an actual sense of um of fear when he fights like that or when he fights people on that level because like yeah he cannot use healing magic well so like he's not op to the point where he's like oh you cut off my arm and i'm just gonna grow it back immediately like nah if he gets a limb or something chopped off he's that 
he's gonna have to fight like that for the rest of the fucking fight and so that made the stakes more entertaining and higher for me like i was like Yo, you better watch that bitch with that sword and then when the the other guy's powers got revealed i was like oh you're just gonna have to like don like a force field around yourself constantly <laughs> because them niggas can just like stab you out of nowhere so it was nice to know by the end of the fight that all that shit that they were talking was actually bullshit he's way stronger than them yes. without even releasing all of his powers and um at first i was wondering um ooh, so what what was the goddess's motives but as soon as they said that they were on the demon side i was like she dropped that nigga there to fight that battle for her and that's exactly what she did yeah so or, or maybe to just get him killed in the process. Because I don't think she fully understands how strong he is. Um, maybe. But also, we don't know how much she does know about him. Yeah. So. I agree. I'm, I was assuming that she did that. Because she, for her to do that, that means she knows that he survived that fucking fall that she sent him on. And then they also hinted at the two other heroes that were there like we got like a small glimpse of them and you know there's the human army the demon army but also there's the question of why did the top two adventurers join the demons and so i'm pretty sure it isn't just because they're fucking evil right. i'm pretty sure they probably saw like some fucked up shit that the goddess was doing and was like nah fuck this shit so yeah the humans in this series are canonically trash like, yes we already Absolutely. know that. So I wouldn't be surprised if the demons are a little like um, a, a different depiction of them. Maybe they're not any good either. But it's, you know, if the humans are racist, essentially like xenophobe, uh, racial supremacists, essentially what it seems to come down to, then I'm sure that the demons themselves are a different sort of depiction. They're not just evil for the sake of being evil. It may It may actually be that they're the part of the group that opposes just the goddess in general because we've run across this among non-humans on multiple occasions where like people don't th they don't think the goddess is is shit and frankly the way humans are 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 not just depicted story-wise but they're supposed to be all beautiful and perfect yeah. and the goddess herself seems to only value like physical perfection in her own eyes like i think i think that that part of the story is is set up fine I mean, they said in this episode that the result of his confrontation with just those two adventures killed a lot of people on both sides. Um, that it was a disaster for well, everyone. Well, yeah, because like, you, you saw those like bodies getting frozen over. It basically yeah. was like a water atomic bomb. Yeah, I think he killed a lot of people on both sides. So I don't know if this was just like the goddess trying to settle her own little war problem or trying to get him killed because she knows he was still alive and was like, oh, I can fuck with this teleportation to sent, sent his ass back. Um, yeah. But this is now the second show that we've watched this season where like our sort of like cute isekai protagonist who's just like chilling and, and doing his little adventures also c casually off screens tens of thousands of people in, yeah. in one episode. <laughs> right? Yeah. This one was a little more... Um, spectacular than in realist hero where they just get told that he ambushed and murdered half and half of an army i mean this guy like nuked a battlefield yeah and and i th and i think um makoto is i don't know what the right word he's he's like it's not that he's blase about all this stuff but like he's not all that concerned 
morally i think with maybe anything. it's because he's like it's practical because he's like bitch i'm trying to live yeah right like in a, you could imagine a much less confident series trying to lean into him being horrified that something like that happened but in this case he's just sort of like bro i was in my i was in my own bag i was dealing with these motherfuckers trying to kill me they chopped off yeah. my fingers i was I'm missing trying to fingers i'm hurting yeah right like so what if a bunch of people died in the process like i didn't that ain't my that's not my deal and i'm happy that they they did not lean into that especially because we know this guy has a sadistic side and it's mostly oh, driven yeah. by see i've already loss. forgotten about that shit oh wow i like it yeah. i like these like sort of amoral but practical main characters that just well maybe that's also part of it because because of that sadistic side and what just happened to like the mist village yeah that's probably why he didn't think twice about all that shit that he just did because he's probably like well these humans are trash anyways right i'm and i have no issue with this like i i agree with you that they spent they actually they took the budget out the bag and they gave us a pretty fun sometimes spectacular two-on-one battle with characters that we were all learning about in real time what they could do there was a lot of like inner monologue but and and talking but it was mostly to help us the audience figure out what the fuck is going on because this is the first time makoto has really had to like think about yeah. what he is gonna do to get out of the situation um and even though there was no tension that he could die, the fact they started off with like him chopping, getting his fingers chopped off, and not and being just super confused, and then ultimately having it end with him blowing the legs off of one dude, and like you know, like there was some real stakes. Like remember the this where he uh, uh, the 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 girl we, I don't know what her name is, but with the big sword, like the berserker warrior, yeah. she he yeah. shatters her blade, and then in the background you hear the the wizard fucking the guy went yeah. yeah. And then, and uh, because and that then, blade is connected to him somehow, yeah. So, there's all these little like interesting things that I want to know more about. And they gave us just enough of a big fight to, to tease what would it be like if he went up against somebody who was more uh, on his level as far as power goes. Because he didn't just like Eind Al Ghul the situation, like I have already seen 10 steps ahead and I'm un- I have unlimited power and you're all gonna die. Like, he was in some pressure, he was he, he got pushed here, yeah. Um, I'm, I also have a feeling that those two might end up joining the village. Oh, I'm sure they day. will. Like, I don't mind that. I don't especially mind. Especially with, I, I'm looking forward to it. Especially when they did the boob scene. I yes. was like, yeah, she's coming to the village. Yeah, yeah she's that's coming fine. To the village. Oh, I, I want to give him props too for as like storytelling completeness. The scene, the uh, the finale of that fight was him taking off his damaged um, uh, uh, crystals that I was using to like swallow up a lot of his power. And then throwing them down and then de- causing a deliberate explosion in order to, um, you know, buy enough time to teleport out of there. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, I didn't think about it until after the episode was over, but we actually got that. Um, uh, there was, that, was, that was a foreshadowed moment because that was the whole purpose behind the human uh, explosion that killed all the people in two episodes ago. Oh, one of the rings. Well, remember that they said that they were disposing of faulty equipment that was part of the experiments they were doing to like build him better clothes for absorbing all of his power. Yeah, and, and that so, was one of the things that they tried to steal. Right, and they were unstable, and then you know, being jostled or fucked with caused the explosion. The explosion was big enough to damage the the plane that they were in. So his that quick thinking on his part of like using them as 
as explosives was actually foreshadowed as part of the plot and it was important it would be something that his character would know um would work so i just like not necessary they didn't have to do that but they they made good use of of that to have the fight make more sense so i just want to give because a lot of a lot of times just be like ass pulling powers out of nowhere like you know, oh, Yo, like he di- manifests a new power, right? Exactly, like ninth dimensional explosion magic. It's like who taught you how to do that? No, this was we <laughs> just went through this. This would be on to- his top of mind that it's available, and also the character never says, "Oh, right," like the thing that happened with the explosion before. It he just does it, and it makes yeah. sense. So, props to them. Season two can't come soon enough. I hope and pray that they get a bigger budget in season two. Doesn't need a bigger budget, but uh, but this yeah, show it doesn't would need benefit. it. But yeah, it, yeah, it would benefit. But I, I've enjoyed what we've gotten so far. I love that they've already brought the elves or the ogres, yes, in, and they are just like in, the integrated flawlessly, yep, into it. So I'm just like, yeah, nah, this is amazing. And Rembrandt, I feel like them niggas just need to just something's not up, do something's up. Like, well, I know they're planning something, but I feel like they they keep watching him and they're like, oh, he's so unexpected. So I'm like, you should probably take the hint and just back the fuck off, nigga. True. Like, you, you probably should just like not even go after him at all. But I love the fact, I also am wondering where he got that like sword thing. Oh, right. Like not, like, not the, the dwarven like thing, but in the moment where he thought he was about to get sliced in two and right. he did that sword movement. And I was like, is that from his connection with Tomoe? Maybe. And like her practicing sword shit all the time? Or was it something else? Like well, I was didn't like, they I say was two episodes confused. ago that as he got closer to his soul-linked companions that he maybe could yeah. use some of their abilities or something like that? Yeah, so that that's what I was thinking. I was like, is that something from Tomoe or is that something from, you know... Was that part of the garment? Because he said the garment was saving him too. Right. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. This, but I'm not upset. I am just uh, pleasantly surprised that this OG of a of a light novel series turned out as well as it did on the limited resources that the show had. Um, I agree. So yeah. I'm looking forward once again to yet another season maybe it'll i don't know what the date on it was is it two it would be next year next spring or or summer i don't know but it looks good looks good to me um agreed agreed so i think the last thing on deck then would be Edithon, which is sort of hitting it's mid-season stride except so is it 24 no i thought it was only 12 i think it was only yeah it should be twenty four. I mean, obviously the the manga is on. I have so no not gonna idea where they're going to end this. I I don't know either. I so as a non uh, a non manga reader for Edithin, as I said last last uh, episode, that once this show ends, I am going to catch up because this is giving me such like prestige vibes as far as yeah. storytelling goes. Man, that I can't. The let it storytelling go. is so good. It is so. Fucking the whole thing with the demon babies. Hope first of all, homegirl just popping them holes out in that like in that 
in that little outlet in that little cove Ugh. and he like i'm just at first i was like oh okay they like they're gonna join up with the and i was like oh they killed them niggas yes they did because they were cold dumb blood. capital d dumb they were oh my god and then uh, <laughs> i mean I, I i have to give it to miku like i i, I love the character but also, I really like how they're doing the time skips and they're not overdoing it where they're like, we have to explain everything that nope. happened within the past year. It's like, nah, nigga. Like, these niggas are supernatural. They live for a long time. It's been seven years. I was like, oh, seven years. But then you got the demon kids and oh my God, the fucking statutory rape. It's just like, it was so weird and awkward. But also I'm like, this is very on brand for Miku. So like, uh, and then the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the doctor girl wanting to leave so she can go fuck the prince, but the prince's girl not wanting him fuck let him fuck humans but not other demons. That was I'm funny. Like, okay. Yeah, that, I was like, oh my god. It's it's uh this show has flipped a lot of narratives over its like very short runtime where we in the beginning it was all about the gods and there was the demons who seemed like they were gonna be like these oh and I was fine with that. The very straightforward structure. You gotta like fight all the demons until you get strong enough to take on the last boss. Then within like two episodes, they were like, bitch, these demons ate shit compared to these <laughs> gods. These motherfuckers know they fucked up. They're on the run. They're going to lose. Okay, maybe that's the story is like them fighting. Nope. They just, they iced the whole demon kingdom in like two episodes. They're, they're learning magic. They're, Hayato's becoming like Goku. Like, I'm like, okay. Now we're in this whole situation. I like, literally said that. I was like, Hayato, that when they were talking about, um, when Eastley was talking about just like, you need a certain level of idiocy to attain that kind of power. And right. I was like, Goku. Yeah. Goku. And then, and then we've, now we've come completely around. Rin is just out of the picture. Hayato's basically become Rin. Uh, yes. Grill, Grill's in the mix. She wasn't even on the cast like six, six episodes deep. The demons are now getting all this screen time, and it's like the demon children, not even like any of the people we were first introduced to. Um, over M is like the whole thing about the the, the how to how to be able to communicate with him that Miku was running through in this yes, episode. Yes, the made radio sense, waves, and it was crazy and wacky, but like it all hung together because they they established a lot of. Uh, the lore about how he is trapped on the other side of this barrier and he can only communicate via like, you know, radio waves to machines, but we know that Edenton can monitor all that. So how they get around it and they use all these cutouts and like the different demon pairings of, of individuals all have their own personal dynamic. I laughed when those two like freaked out and thought they could just show up to the the you know, to to peace a lot and like, oh maybe they can help us. Like, bitch, your ass is dead. What are you talking about? But then about? my favorite part of the episode is when they realized what was going on with all the demon babies. Yes. I loved that part where I was like, oh my God. And they explained it in the episode too. They were like, yeah, when these niggas was first around, like, you know, it was, oh, the entire world was war torn. Yeah. So they were cannibalizing each other. Now there's an excess of resources. And so guess what happens? Niggas just be mating. Yes. And speaking of, speaking of mating, Miku's out here just fucking everything. Yeah, I'm I'm actually very intrigued on what her stunt 
at the end of the episode was supposed to achieve. I don't know. It's very interesting. I don't know where it's going. I also like how she has easily sweating. Yes. That nigga was pissed. Because she's as smart or smarter than him. Yes. So it's really, it's cool to me. Again, I don't know where this shit is going. I have no idea. But I know that I like it. I know that I want to see more. I know that, um, They've done such a good job, and we're running out of it. Feel this story, which is why I appreciate the story. Feels like we're just like in the warm up phase, but it already has like a pace to it that makes me sad that there's only going to be like three or four more episodes because I don't. Yeah. I I there's more that I know that they can do, and that they do probably do do, but I'm not getting it this season, and. It's making me antsy. If I was a Jujutsu Kaisen reader and I got into like episode 18 in the Goodwill game. And then it just and then stops. Like, I don't know where they're going. Yeah. I don't know. And then you know it's going to end soon. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we will be getting. So. Wait, are we only getting 11 episodes? It, may, yeah, it can't be that many because, again, the the manga is only oh. like chapter like 50, 60 or something. Like it's not. Oh, yeah. We have so, one yeah, episode. It can't be that many. Wow. I can't believe it. this feels like it's been going it's yeah. it feels like it's been going on for so much longer. I don't even know why though. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, yeah. I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to wait. Or well, I'm willing to wait for them to continue to do this. But Mappa about to be real fucking busy in the future because especially with like this tact OP shit, people are getting hype about that cuz that's Mappa plus Madhouse. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, "Oh shit." Here we go. I mean, it's a there's so much good. I would actually I wouldn't mind this taking a while off because yeah. it's just a good series. It's good it's good good. Like not just I'm not talking about like oh this is the show to watch because it's got like, you know, this really good animation or oh this um uh the 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 it's just the plot or whatever else. This is a this is like prestige shit. And it just flew under the radar for lots of people. I don't see a lot of people covering it, sadly. They they didn't. And it also, the only time it got um, some positive press, I think Mother's Basement did put it over as a gem of a series. But like, as far as um, more mainstream stuff, there was a big backlash to episode one because of the rape scene at the end. And so a lot of people were like overreacting to that and also trying to write the series off a because they weren't familiar with you know its pedigree and b because they assumed that the show was about shock value because that part was in there and i gotta tell you that like that's one of the downsides of where we're kind of at in a lot of the discourse is that we don't there's no trust anymore because there is so much i would say like cheap heat that um Lots of series try to get by being edgy, but they don't understand that it when it's ne- not in service to any of the stuff they're trying to pull off. So this show is edgy. It's mature. It is definitely a mature series, but it's mature in a lot of the the good ways as far as like quality and attention to detail and art artistic vision. Like those parts are also mature, not just the subject matter and some of the visual depictions so i mean it's good what what, what do you what else do you say other than that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, what else is there what have you watched because i can um, talk about a little about eden zero that i caught up as well 
I mean, well, my recommendation this week is going to be my other thing that I watched. I think, um, oh, Battle Game. Oh, right. Whoop, my bad. Um, so I'm kind of to the point now with what Akira did this episode to the point where I'm kind of like, okay, well, now I kind of want less of you, nigga, because I just know you're going <laughs> to win everything, and I want more <laughs> of the supporting cast. No, no slight to him, because it's still interesting to learn how he like how far ahead he is of everyone it was fucked up when they went into the background i had a feeling that he was gonna kill the orphanage um director as a kid uh it also explained why she was saying that those are her boys like because it was an orphanage and you know it, it was you know it was really fucked up but the craziest shit was when homeboy punched homeboy and twisted his fucking arm just by yeah. grazing it yeah. god Damn, and the fact that <laughs> the fact that homeboy is still missing half a foot and a fucking <laughs> and, and a fucking hand, and when they showed him laid out on the ground, they showed him bleeding out from the hand. I was like, these niggas are so fucking ruthless. Like they're this- not helping. Where's the where's the, like the healer to come in and just fix that shit? Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, is Mion gonna heal these niggas afterward? Uh, I don't know. I I kind of was worried for Akira at one point because I was like, oh damn, homeboy kind of has the same power as you because he has access to all these abilities to right. fight you. But then I was like, but Akira's gonna win. It's just how. And I did not see that shit where he used the um. The you know uh, the shape shifting shit to like actually infiltrate them and give them that. That was cute. That was cute because that's something that we we kind of we I don't want to say we knew, but it they did. I mean, they it, you have to think about it. I mean, they spent like a good chunk of one of these episodes doing the shape shifting stuff, and then it never yeah, came up again. It never. Yeah, exactly. So it made sense. Um, I just. I liked his explanation, and then I was like, okay, nigga, but if this is what you're going to be doing every time, then just give me the other niggas. Like, <laughs> it's just give me the other niggas. It's not a slight to him, but I can see that getting old if he just, if that's all he's constantly doing. And Yeah, out yeah. thinking. It's just sort of like, I get, I get the emphasis on him out thinking opponents, and I know that in other series with characters like this, you there's a level of like mustache twirling that the that the main character is going to do so like first the bad guy does it like aha i've seen through all of your clever schemes and i've got you cornered and then he's like no i am the one who has you cornered aha like that's a old trope and there's nothing wrong with it and you know the series does a good job of of foreshadowing what they need to in order to make that work out so i don't i don't look at it as ass pull bs which it might otherwise be however the the supporting cast does need to step their shit up, especially because they've separated these two groups, and I don't think it's plausible that they're going to like hook up and be saved at the end by Akira's forethought. Other than the fact that he's kind of said it in this episode that um it was all part of his plan to get them all one or one v whatever with that guy. So I so he does believe in his his squad because they are also part of his plans Mm -hmm. so the question so the so the broader question is just sort of where does that um what how does that that resolve this big fight because a lot of this episode was taken up with with backstory uh yeah and 
the it seems as though he is uh, developing feelings towards homegirl so yeah. that's cute but i'm already be- becoming disillusioned with him a little bit so well he's not a good person i mean that that much is obvious yeah um to the extent that i'm looking at sort of how they they paced out the rest of the series the rest of the show yeah um they left enough room to just end the story i mean obviously the last episode uh is going to get to the end of this phase and then um there's a, a hard cut in both the story and the uh direction of things that um you know it, it's gonna work out this was another series that didn't have like a tremendous budget to work with and so it kind of made do with with what it had at its disposal uh akira is not a character who's gonna deliver a lot of like hype physical moments but you know you got the last fight to deal with and they're using the cge and i expect that people will be satisfied by the ending and it's not just gonna be like the main character coming and saving the day okay good to know yeah. Okay. And that's that's almost it. I think we are now down to maybe one more episode here, the rest of Edenton, but you know, the new season is nearly upon us in October. Uh we will be back around with a recap episode for those series that have ended since Edenton's going to kind of hold over until the ne- you know, the beginning of of next season. Yeah. Um and then we'll also be doing uh, our usual uh, previews, preview episode, which I, so I've said before, this was kind of an easy summer, um, fall and especially fall is heavy. Oh yeah. I, I, I like, I'm literally just like, okay, nigga, it's just, just, it, it's going to be a lot. It's, it's going to be a lot. Cause the, the, is Chainsaw Man coming? Yep. Okay, so there's is Chainsaw Man. That's just one of them. Mushoku Tensai is coming back. You got yep. Platinum End. 86 is coming back. And then... Yeah, yeah. Kimetsu no Yaiba is coming back. Well, that's, that's in December, so that gives us like a little bit of breathing room. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that was um, World Trigger is coming back. Looking forward to that. Oh, my God. And then we've got the Sakugan, which is done yep. by Studio Satellite. And Satellite did Simple Gear, so I have to watch that. So you'll be all over that shit. It's just, it's there's just so much, and then I also am going to be watching the Comey show. Was it? Oh, Sai, Sai no yes, Paladin. that like, looks I'm so good. That that I love really that good. synopsis. Yeah, yeah, that synopsis looks really good, or that just like that general premise looks really fucking good. And I'm pretty sure there's probably something on the list that I haven't checked out yet that someone's yeah. going to be like, "Yo, that first episode," and I'm going to be like, "Oh shit!" Like, well. Here's another Tesla node. Well, no, Tesla node. I don't know if I'm really going to. Oh. Someone had mentioned that Blue Period might actually be like. Oh, I'm into. Blue Period is mine. I'm definitely covering that. Blue Period, Komi-san. Like, that's definitely getting added to it. But then also the the Kyokai Sensei thing. Did the already come out? Oh, I don't know. Um, I think it did. I think the first episode is out because that's how I heard. Oh, um, I just yeah. know that. I just remember when they announced that it was premiering that a lot of people were like, "Fuck yes, I love this fucking manga." So I was like, "Oh shit, okay." Do you do you know what I'm looking forward to? Really though, I'm just looking forward to good, uh, like a real hard, solid opening theme um, mm. from some of these. Because I remember that like a couple seasons ago, like I was 
shocked that uh, there were there were a couple. I mean, obviously, like Jujutsu Kaisen early in the year had some good ones, but like World Trigger low key had my favorite uh, from the last time it aired. So I'm like, right, yeah. there's some good opportunities. K pop niggas singing it. Yeah, there's some good opportunities for some good openings. I mean, I mean, I'm I looking forward to seeing what Tact Opus opening is going to be like. Is it going to be straight up classical music or is it going to actually be a singer? Um, right. Musho and Hutens- we get a um, we get Kyokai Senkai as well. Yeah, Kyokai week. and Megaton Musashi. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's looking pretty stacked. Pretty oh, there's stacked. a lot. I my proposition is that uh, some of these are the returners are worth definitely worth watching. But like, if I wind up following eight shows, I'm not recapping eight. <laughs> oh yeah, no, right I would feel like mm, it would have to be like alternating or basically just be like we'll cover these first. We'll cover the first half for these, and then we'll cover the second right. half for these. Well, like, because there's like too many that are also new, like Platinum End. Yeah, and some of the others. I'm, I'm really like, looking forward am... to the Paladin one, though. I really yeah, that, like that. That came premise. out nowhere for me. I saw like the second trailer. I was like, oh wait, this is actually yeah. <laughs> Someone put their foot in this, and I didn't recognize the studio behind it at all. Yeah, um, I don't know what Children's Playground Entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah, I don't. They've done things. Oh, they did Citrus. Okay, yeah. I mean. Oh, they don't really have that much behind them. No, so I was, I was, I guess pleasantly shocked. I guess is the right way. We shall see because I just know that a lot of people love the source material. So, yeah. oh, okay. Oh, well, 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 here we go. We're we're ending up doing that episode. Yeah, right we're now, not. We're, so. Yeah, let's yeah. we're gonna step back. So that's gonna be a pretty heavy episode because you know we're hopefully by the time we record, um, we'll have narrowed down exactly what we are going to give a chance to versus the things that are definitely on deck. And then that should help structure the rest of the, the next season's worth of stuff. But yeah. thank you all for bearing with us as we look down this loaded barrel of a season coming. Indeed. Do you have any recommendations? Do I have or any did re- you well, want to talk I, about Eden Zero a bit? Yes, we can talk a little bit about it since I think you meant you, you gave a, a good recap of your experience just shortly like catching up on it i also watched up to about episode 18 um i am enjoying the show i think that i've always had a soft spot for hero mashima's work going back to rave master mm-hmm. which is something that a lot of folks overlook but you know it's where i, I don't know if it was that his second manga i know he had one that was before that got canceled really early but like rave master and uh and fairy tale share a lot of dna and and i i I appreciate them more as i've gotten a little bit older in the sense that like you can look at mangaka who have had multiple successful uh series in their life and you can sort of trace some of the dna of like characters or designs or ideas between them i think um in particular like if you look at uh soul eater into fire force right like uh that there's this like continuity and there's shared jokes and sometimes like character cameos or design cameos you know like that's cool to see hiromashima has been very consistent about his own personal gags so like for example i think in like episode 16 
15 or 16 a fairy tale where they were not fairy tale ah, there you go eden zero when they're on the hermit arc like uh-huh. the cyber the virtual eyed whatever and they uh it's a lot of it is an homage to both rave master and um fairy tale down to like the the gag about the horse that's not a horse um or the or in the the second episode like the dog that's not a dog that weird poo 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 like squiggly nose creature that he always draws in every one of his series um like those things were funny or like the riding of the horse is also a gag going back to rave master and was also done in fairy tale a bunch so like bottom line is that i i like a lot of the shared in joke universe of hero mashima stuff the other thing i like about eden zero is that it is it is not derivative but it is deeply influenced by his own favorite authors and i i know that he and oda have a kind of bromance between the two of them where like they in interviews they will often like mention how much they get a laugh or enjoy each other's work obviously like mashima is more of a fan of oda than vice versa and yeah t- and yeah talks yeah. about it um so i've heard i heard people when the manga started call eden zero like uh uh one piece light and that's unfair because it's much similar, more similar to Fairy Tale and Rave Master than it is to One Piece. It's just the idea of like going on an adventure and getting a ship and building a crew is very, it's very One Piece. But then the actual antics, shenanigans, characters, setting, um, it, it, that's it, that's its own thing, and it does deal with some darker topics, and it isn't afraid to do things with great consequence that I think even Oda shot has shied did shy away from very early on in uh One Piece. I think particularly about like they address like slavery and sexual exploitation and like, you know, <clears throat> I they they've destroyed whole planets with theoretically millions of people on them and there's a, a little like odd storytelling structure with like the the Oracle of Time and things kind of moving backwards and forwards, characters and continuities merging and melding on top. And that I think was that one thing I was a little nervous about. I was like, "Oh, you doing time travel, nigga? Are you sure?" Yeah, and they they it's they they do it a lot, like all over the place. And it's is is it great? No. Is it good? Yes. Yeah. Are there times <laughs> when the material elevates itself purposefully? Yeah, I think so. Um, and especially because the the main cast are both like very self aware that they are, you know, in a kind of a comedy. But then the things that that are very modern about it, like you know, um, uh, was it is it Rebecca? Um, yeah, the girl's name. Like yeah. how she's a, a basically a YouTuber, and there's a lot of jokes and plot devices that revolve around what we would be familiar with in 2021 as part of our modern society that is introduced into the series in a non-cringy way like i imagine so a a perfect example is like i've never seen on like regular american tv someone present a character presented as a social media influencer that wasn't in and of itself a joke and cringe right like the understanding of what that is to a modern audience it's very normal it's not just like a uh, like i guess the the premise of iCarly was probably <laughs> you know like like that was as close as anyone ever got to like taking it serious enough that you could drive story beats off of 
the reality of what that is. And yet, somehow, Eden Zero manages to do a lot more with that premise that doesn't make it feel like it's a 55-year-old man trying to understand what's hip and cool with the kids, right? It's just a, yeah. it's it's like being a plumber or being a, you know, a, a businessman. You could be a, a live streamer. That's fine. That, that, that's an update. That's something that that is sensible. And the, that, 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 that Mashima does well blended with his own comedy. And then you deal with some other issues around like um, racism and uh, uh, abuse, like mental abuse, sexual abuse, and like a variety of other things. And like this, this show and the plot does elevate itself enough that like I'll watch an episode. There's never really anything that's like amazing about it, but I'll get to the end and I'm like, I didn't mind watching that. And if you were the kind of like casual watcher, like you're watching it dubbed, it's off on the TV doing its own thing. You pop in for jokes. There's a little bit of action. The character designs get wackier and wackier. Um, like then it's it's good. I particularly like um Draken, that character, uh, the alchemist, the mad alchemist. Like there's a there's a scene where he's torturing a dude who owed him money, and uh, he puts a bottle in the guy's mouth, and then he turns it from glass into like some heavy ass metal, and it's like you, and then shatters it in his jaw, and it's like fucking brutal. But then the character in the back is like, yeah, fuck him up. Kill him. He didn't, he didn't curse. But he's like, kill him. Yeah, he's like, who said I was killing this guy? I, I'm I'm a loan shark. I, I need money. If I kill him, I'm not going to get any money. I'm like, yeah. Oh, that, shit. I'm that not that far. Sense. I'm not that far yet. Oh, okay. I thought you, I thought you, were, you were caught up. <laughs> I thought uh, I was caught up. And then I was like, oh, shit. There are way more episodes than this. Yeah. Well, like, but that kind I, of stuff, I do know who Draken is, though. Like if you look at his character design, he looks like a very specific character from Fairy Tale. From Fairy Tale, yeah, was... and also the Oration thing. Yes, it's the same, yeah. same, same name. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like it wears its 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 author on its shoulder very proudly. Yeah, you know, like well, this also Mirajane away from what they're doing was one of the girls who was kidnapped with Rebecca to that yeah, planet. That's right. I was yes. looking at it and I was like that girl is literally Mirjane. <laughs> like yes. it's literally that character. And did you see in episode 2 with when uh Natsu and um whatever her name was were walking out of frame at the restaurant? No, I didn't. Oh wow, okay. Oh, you didn't see that? I was looking at like they go to so the the uh, Rebecca and uh Shiki and happy go to go to like this restaurant after they go to the guild and they're chatting about like you know what is their first adventure going to be and there's a shot of them uh over the shoulder of shiki i think looking at looking at rebecca but you see the aisle next to the um their booth and two characters get up and walk out and you just see from behind uh that it's clearly not to and um lucy uh, lucy it's very obviously that they're same tattoos he's got the scarf hanging off the back the you know no the half shirt the 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 puffy pants and then also like her from the back even though she also looks like rebecca which is on purpose yeah it's um, definitely oh my god it's on purpose but it's which, the same in rain you know, master as well it's like that's what i'm saying like there are things like that just like when i when you see uh i think it's episode 23 or 22 of fire force where um you you see uh uh fuck um the moon char- you no no you see the two characters from uh uh soul eater in the bar i completely and missed it, that i think and you hear the guy talking about his daughter who was like oh it was death well not yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah. not death the the other one the the M- maka's dad 
Yeah, whatever yeah. his name is. I yeah, yeah, his yeah. Name. I forgot his name. But, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but he's he's literally in the bar in the seat behind the the uh, people who are talking, and then you hear him mention. You see, like the lower part of his mouth with his little like goatee, and he mentions like, "Oh man, my daughter is gonna be is so disappointed in me." And <laughs> he, he gets up and was like, "Yeah, like, that's funny that they're there." Also, if um if anyone's a Soul Eater reader, where the manga has gone right now, absolutely fantastic. Wait, Soul Absolutely. Eater is still going? Not not Soul Eater, um uh, Fire Force. Oh, Fire Force. I was about to say I was like I thought it is. Where where the where Fire Force is at right now? Like I I I have to talk about this. It's not a it's not a spoiler for any plot point, but there's a there's a chapter, a recent chapter where they're talking about how um people create their own reality and how characters in a a story um, they exist only as far as and deep as they need for the author and the audience to build a connection. And there's two like off-screen characters who are berating another main character for their, uh, let's say their 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 lewdness and and um, projection as a woman. And you don't notice it because in two chapters prior, they're just part of the crowd, like talking shit about this one character, and then the the they're zoomed in and so just being random members of the crowd you see it's an older woman and her son who then get speaking lines and they're 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 arguing they're debating with the with the cast who are in in that moment and then the son who is who is clearly like a this might be the most meta thing i've ever seen in, in a manga he starts talking about how like you know um, look, I have a, I've been given a name now. Like you referred to me as, cause the mother talks to the son. She says something like, you know, Utah. And he's like, well, now I've got a name. And because I've got a name, I've been solidified in the minds of the audience. But then he looks at his mother is like, but you don't have a name. In fact, you only exist, uh, to, to put me over and to introduce me as a character. You have no other purpose there. And the mother is like arguing back and then she realizes he's right. And then she just disappears out of the series. What? Like literally pops out of existence. And then the the kid is, and I'm like, wait, oh, wh- what? The fuck? This is awesome. <laughs> this is so cool because all this whole the end, or the, I don't know if it's the end, but where we're at in the series is dealing a lot of with um, breaking the fourth wall as a device for solving and answering a lot of the problems and questions that have been raised. Um, oh. It, like you know, like you know, normally in a series where like characters they power up because of like I believe in myself and the power uh, franchise. You know, yeah, well, they took Arthur's self delusion as a power for you know victory, and they've amped that up in a way that it encompasses everything in the world, where it's all about like what do people think is real and what do people think is true about themselves. We make our own. We make we make that for ourselves. So therefore. That now guides the plot. Whatever people believe is true is true. Oh, so it is fucking awesome! <laughs> it is so cool what they're doing, uh, which in what I assume is the lead up to the finale. So I hope I did not spoil that for anyone who is uh, not caught up on the manga or is anime only. But go out of your way to read Fire Force. Go out of your way. I don't know about Eden Zero as a manga. I don't. I don't follow it. Um, yeah, I, I I haven't followed it. I feel like I might actually just read that one. Actually, you know what? I keep saying all this shit. I need to get back on Tower of God because I saw you mm. tweeting about it a few days ago, and I was like, Bro. "God damn it!" Oh man, 
I was getting chills last couple of weeks. Oh my goodness! Okay, fucking so. chills. Yeah, it is. It, it's it's fine. All I'm saying is it's finally happening. The payoff to one of the longest running uh, conflicts in that. In oh that my series. god! It okay. is finally happening. These two characters who uh. one character didn't know what the other character had done, but now they know. And oh. the power's coming out for the first time, and it's great. Oh. And I don't want to give anything away, Okay, but well, god I, damn. I have something to do now. You 100% well. do, and, you can, and the best part is you can load up the Tower of God OST, put that shit on shuffle, read those fucking chapters, it all works. It things. really does. It works yeah. so well because I was trying to read it in my bed the other day, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Something's wrong." I was like, "What's missing?" And I was like, "Oh, it's nigga, music. you ain't got that music going on in the background." Yeah, it's the music. Top God is crazy. Jujutsu Kaisen is out out of control. Like I don't. Uh, <laughs> how do how do y'all anime only do it? Please tell me. Patience. I want to know. I have a lot of patience. That's the that's how I do it. Um, <laughs> but I. Well, let me go ahead and do that. I have one recommendation. I'm just going to get it out of the way. And it is um, the Kobayashi Maid Dragon is anime masterpiece. Like the end of this second season. And it's not even about the story. It's literally about like doing what you do so fucking well that it's just like it does not matter if niggas don't even enjoy your genre. They need to see it. Like, that's how good that shit is. It's so fucking phenomenal. And the way that they... The way that they just, like, seamlessly move through, like, so many different feelings simultaneously. And then all of a sudden you get, like, random-ass Sakuga. But it makes absolute fucking sense that Sakuga would be happening in that moment. And then it goes to, like, stupid comedic animation. It's just... The characters are all well-developed. And uh, I will riot if I don't get another season. Like, I will absolutely riot. And it sucks because there's no source material out there. So it's all up to KyoAni. And I want to have faith in them. And the fact that, like, this is probably the best second season of a show I've ever seen. Because they literally took everything from the first season and made it better while maintaining the everything that the first season, that made the first season amazing. So... Yeah, that that is my. I probably have recommended it before several times, but after this last episode, yeah, y'all need to be watched. I. Uh, I mean, I feel bad that I'm not watching it. It's 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 fucking perfect. Like, did I mention I also went down the Nietzsche Joe rabbit hole again? Again, which one did you see this time? <laughs> what, what what scene was it this time? It was uh. So I started with the the full scene with the principal and the deer. Okay. And I like like, worked my way down to like stuff I can't even explain. So. Sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds about right. (laughs) Did you have anything to recommend this week? Um, not. I don't have a hard recommend because I just started and some of these series that I was looking at have not run long enough for me to put a stamp on it there's a a, um a manhwa called the solo necromancer which is not it's it's relatively new so it's only got about like less than 10 chapters in 
but the art style for it is this interesting mix of traditional um sort of studio driven manhwa and then also this very like uh pen drawn western um inspired proportional i don't know what you want to call it aesthetic like it used a lot of like hard colors so if like normally um you might see like a, someone's wearing a blue shirt and they'll do like the very traditional like uh digital um wash out to give it like texture or whatever else here it's just flat it, they'll use a flat color and then have a lot of like painterly marks around the edges or i guess pen marks to make it look like it's a more of like a traditional um, western style visual novel so like a lot of the characters just look very i don't know what you want to say like elongated but rough and it's got a nice look to it and a story that i don't know i'm i'm, I'm digging it for now it's a little on the on the traditional side but i think it has a lot of potential to set itself apart because again it has that um it it doesn't look like anything else which is a first a good first step i think yeah. i mentioned a couple weeks ago or maybe last week Elisid um is really good that's the one with the uh um uh, everyone's a cat lover but it's a battle mm-hmm. much large battle manga that one's i think uh caught up a little bit uh, i'm trying to think was there anything else that i meant to Oh, there's another interesting one that someone um, recommended to me, uh, Ernak, which, uh, again, is notable because it, it has a very different art style. And it's kind of got a this sort of amoral approach to living if you were trapped in a fantasy world, but it was but it was realistic. So not in the full dive RPG kind of way, but in the sense of like people's motivations and behaviors around money around um you know blackmail crime like those sorts of things it 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 comes off better than the premise the sort of generic premise would immediately make you think and it it actually kind of turns into what i would think of as like more of a, a crime family drama Ooh. than what i thought it would be which is like you know your typical uh power fantasy type situation like trapped in another world but i do a lot of paperwork like it's, <laughs> it's interesting it's, it's very interesting there's a whole cha- this whole chapters on like manipulating the stock market and doing other things like that enough to the point where i think the the author did do some legitimate research into actual um fraud cases and other things that must must be like in korea not necessarily in the united states but they, you know, like I, I was reading this this uh, one chapter, and this guy's like walking through how you would tell if a company is cooking, uh, an investment firm is cooking its books by looking at like the deposits and withdrawals within a certain amount of time, and they just talk about like you know what would be the likelihood of like a person withdraws money and then I'm oh, sorry deposits money and then withdraws it within like three months and the probability of that, and then if you see tens of thousands of people doing it, and that's how you know. So it's like. There was a there was a cogent discussion of credit default swaps that made perfect sense in the context of the story, but was also accurate. It wasn't like it wasn't some bullshit. So this person knew what they were talking about. Uh, so anyway, it's a it's an outlier, but Ernak is pretty good. It's been around for a little bit. I've been running for a couple of years, so I don't know if I would I would give a recommend to anybody. But if you want something that's off the beaten path uh and looks pretty cool uh, but doesn't have like a lot of fights it's really more manipulating money oh that's one to look at okay then cool cool and yeah then that is it for this week 
So yep. prep yourselves for some long episodes, y'all. Because they's a coming. But if you haven't already, make sure you follow us on social media. Um, what is it? Anime underscore savants on Twitter. Then regular anime savants on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. Yep. You can catch me on Twitter at Neural Handshake. Uh, and otherwise, be safe, you know. Ended. Bye. Peace out.